from the beaches of Bali to the city of Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. I'm Morgan White. And I'm Morgan Gillespie. <laughs> and you're listening to the Created For More podcast, a series of recordings documenting our time on the world race, in addition to other things related to Jesus, travel, and life in general. The world race is an 11-month mission trip that goes to 11 different countries, all while living out of a backpack and serving people and learning about other cultures and experiencing more of God, uncovering more of his character, all that good stuff. It is season two of the podcast. Season one was my full 11 months on the field. Now I'm back as a squad leader for just five months. And a new role, new squad, new podcast. I'm joined by my friend Morgan. That's right. You are being hit (laughs) with double portion of Morgan. Double the Morgan, double the fun. (laughs) What did you say earlier? Like two times the morgue, two morgues? Um, morgue double. Du- I think it was double the morgue. Double the morgue. Yes. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's a new racer. This is her first month on the race. She's on team Sinha, and we are uh, currently sitting in our hostel in Kuala Lumpur. Um, this is where we're having a week of debrief of, as we transition from month one in Indonesia to month two in Malaysia. Um, all month, Morgan's team along with another team has they had been serving and living on the island of bali on the last episode i sat down with my friend melissa and talked about the first half of the month in the city of bandung and then the next day i bust all the way out to bali to join the other two teams out there not by myself i was with my co-leader ashley (laughs) but yeah we had been there for maybe like a week and a half it was sort of a shorter month and essentially, I thought that it would be fun to sit down with Morgan to talk about her experience with those two teams out in Bali, the ministry that they did, where they were, the area that they were in. Um, and now we're in Kuala Lumpur to get started on month two. So also things about debrief and all the things. I thought that it would also just be so fun and helpful to sit down with somebody from those two teams specifically who had a very different experience than the team that I was with the first half of the month. So we're just going to hear from Morgan and go back and forth, see what she's been learning, all the things, and just to have a conversation from two different perspectives. In a way, this is my month 12, and for her, she's wrapping up month one. I also just really love Morgan so much already, <laughs> and not only do we share the same name, we are similar in many ways. Many ways. Um, so maybe you'll get to see a side of that as well. Sense of humor, personality, the whole thing. Uh, yeah, so let's get into it. Yeah, so we just want to jump right in. They were in a city called Despensar. 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 Yes. On the island of Bali. Yes, a beautiful island. Beautiful island. And Hot. when you hear the name Bali, people picture the beaches and all the touristy things. Mm-hmm. You guys were kind of like just off of all of that, right? Like you were like located outside of some of those tourist areas. Yes. You weren't living on the beach. We were for sure not living on the beach. <laughs> right. Um, also, I feel like a reporter. So I'm kind of like, we were not on the beach, Morgan. <laughs> we were in sure... In fact, not. Um, no. Now back to you. <laughs> back to you, Morgan. You also <laughs> almost ate the microphone earlier. <laughs> That's what happens when you have snacks and podcasts at the same time, folks. Um, yeah, no, we were for sure not mm-hmm. right on the beach. Right. Um, so we were definitely kind of in the little bit of the middle of nowhere, yeah. aside from our 
favorite place ever, McDonald's, which was just a grab away. So <laughs> grab, grab away. by the way, probably everyone knows, but yeah. it is the Uber of the other places in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is not America. Simply right, right. Some probably probably some people probably don't know what grab is, so I for true. sure didn't. Yeah. Like you wanna get a grab? I'm like, grab a what? <laughs> what are we grabbing? <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, yeah, you mentioned it was really hot. That's definitely okay. true. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of those things where one day we were sitting, <sighs> I hope in air conditioning. I don't remember. <laughs> I, hope. <laughs> I hope we were in air conditioning when we were thinking about this, but I don't remember <laughs> because I remember one of my teammates looked at me just casually and said, <laughs> my weather app says feels like 103. And I said, <laughs> why are we here? It is so hot. I'm just kidding. We knew why we were there. But the heat was no joke. Oh my gosh. That stuff can get to you easily too. Like yeah. no matter what you're doing, as fun as it could be, as meaningful as the ministry is, whoever you're talking to, if you are sweating buckets oh yeah or you develop like a heat rash or something mm-hmm. or your hair is like sticking to the back of your neck, whatever. If you're just if you're suffering in the heat like that, it can really change how you are experiencing whatever you're doing in that yeah. moment. <laughs> it's really distracting, honestly. Very that was something I struggled with really heavily mm-hmm. was, like, yeah. being hot all the time. And because we were we were also kind of far out mm-hmm. from the beaches, and so it was, like, a 30 to 45-minute ride to any beach. Mm-hmm. But we were kind of in the middle of nowhere, and we right. were staying in our tents, which we can get into in a minute. But yeah. because we were in our tents, we were constantly in the heat. Mm-hmm. There was no... It's fine when I go back home and it, there's air conditioning or a fan. It was we were in the heat quite a bit. Right, true. So. You had to like wait for the sun to go down to oh, like, yeah. cool off kind of. Yeah. Tell us about the village street area that you were on. Like on the episode that I recorded with Melissa and we talked a lot about what the ministry was like with Muslims in the area. <clears throat> and you guys, the island of Bali is a lot different. It's predominantly hindu right like as a whole for the island yeah and so temples every like 20 feet yeah they call it a prayer all of those things kind of paint a picture if you will well i will say we knew going in that it was gonna be predominantly a hindu area Mm -hmm. um and we did have our orientation with our host uh the second day that we were there We got there really late on a Thursday, so Friday morning we had our orientation with our host. Um, And so we knew, we we understood everything, but before that orientation happened, Mm -hmm. Morgan, I will tell you. um, (laughs) Tell me, Morgan. As we're all, (laughs) oh, I'll tell you, Morgan. As we're all sleeping snugly and very sweaty, sweatily, sweatily, (laughs) in our tents, um, we were woken up very abruptly at 5.50 a.m., By the call to prayer. And the call to prayer is different between Muslims and Hindus. Mm -hmm. Um, And so where we were staying, it was a very um, small village. We were the first Americans to ever have the privilege of staying there, which was really special. Um, But also kind of scary because it's like, you know, they've never hosted Americans in that village before. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just, we... We were not expecting the wake-up call that we got that morning from the call to prayer because no one had prepared us for it. Mm-hmm. And not only was there a call to prayer, but um, we were staying at the community center. It was outdoors, <laughs> as we've already established. So we're in our tents. If you could just imagine this with me. You know, you're on a concrete slab. There's, like, a little bit of a roof, but it's completely open. Yeah. Everyone's in their tents. It's kind of like a little tent village under there. Yeah. You're sleeping, and it's fine, and you finally got to sleep, and... 
you kind of just are like starfished out in your tent so that the breeze can <laughs> hit you and it's nice. And then all of a sudden at 5.50, this very loud clanging of bells slash singing situation happens. So and alarming. it was so alarming. And we all just sat straight up and just started staring at each other. And no one really said anything for a mm-hmm. solid few minutes until someone said, what's going on? <laughs> because we we're all very confused. Um, and it was because we were staying at the community center for that particular village. And little did we know, at the very front of that community center was a very giant, um, I guess you would call it, like intercom speaker. intercom speaker situation yeah. right at the very front of where we were staying right, so like it was 30 feet away from your tent very loud oh my gosh. and it was very abrupt mm-hmm. but we eventually i would say we got used to it but uh-huh. we didn't really get used to it we just kind of live we lived with it and it yeah. was just something that we you know obviously had to we were there it happened at 5 50 11 50 and 5 50 p.m every day Mm-hmm. Um, it was just very interesting. Yeah. And I even remember showing up the first day that my co-leader and I were making the transition from the Bandung island of Java to Bali, showing up at your guys' ministry site. And I had seen a couple of pictures, but definitely, like, when you walk up, you're like, oh, there are lots of people here and children. Oh, yes. And, like, because your guys' ministry schedule sort of thing, it was very all over the place. And, mm-hmm. like, like you said, it's a community center. <laughs> so, like, no boundaries oh, yeah, whatsoever. No. Privacy. No, no. People walking in and out because that's their community center on yeah. the street. So kids were hanging out with you guys. You're all like literally dripping in sweat as like we're <laughs> hugging you. I think five of you at least said like, I'm sorry if I smell bad. Like, I'm sorry if I'm wet. Like, yeah. I'm hugging you and I'm like, okay, great. Um, and yeah, then like a few hours later or maybe just a couple hours later, that call to prayer went off. All the kids like ran away. But I do remember that night being like jolted awake. Oh, yeah. And of like, oh, that, that is loud. That is loud. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then trying to fall back asleep and everything. But um, was it... Of course, an adjustment, no matter what. Like, it's month one of the race and everything. But, like, what other teams had, like, with the first half of the month, I was in a room that had air conditioning at night and Mm -hmm. stuff, and we were on our sleeping pad, so not in tents. There was another team that was, like, out in the middle of nowhere, kind of (laughs) roughing it. And then another team that had, like, a nice house and, like, regular bedrooms and stuff. So what, what was that transition process like for you, just, like... Getting used to sleeping in the tents, finding food in the area, that Mm. was also weird for you guys, Mm -hmm. and like the kind of bucket shower situation, and the squatty potty, and all the things, but... It was, I mean, it was for sure, you know, you go and, or at least for me, I won't speak for everyone, like, you generally, you, Mm -hmm. but for me, like, I went into the race kind of thinking, like, okay, this is definitely going to be different, for sure not my bedroom, for (laughs) sure probably not even, like, a hotel room situation here, (laughs) Yeah. so I knew going into it, there's probably going to be lots of things to make me uncomfortable, Right. but I just, I think after so many days of traveling, yeah, on so many different flights, and a 26-hour bus ride, (laughs) arriving at nighttime, at that community center. Because huh. it was not what was on your setup sheet. No, it was for sure not, Morgan. <laughs> it was definitely not. We had actually our, our placement changed. Not our placement, but our, our uh, where we were staying. Yeah. Our lodging, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. changed. Mm-hmm. Um, while we were, I think while we were in transition, yeah. like travel, while mm-hmm. we were traveling. Transit, yeah. yeah, transit. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so we read about where we were staying online, like, beforehand and it was definitely 
painted in a light that was like, oh, this will be interesting. Mm -hmm. But it was definitely nothing like what we showed up to because it had changed. Um, So we had read that it was going to be, you know, like a small room and everyone was going to be in the room together and there'd be some fans. Mm -hmm. I think there might have even been a question of like, maybe there's AC, we don't know. Right. Um, But when we showed up, it was obviously a different location. So... Arriving there and seeing where we were staying at first was, it was okay, because when you first went up, there was, you know, it's a little, it was gated, Mm -hmm. and so you walked in, and it was a big open, almost like, it looked kind of like a a pavilion with a roof over it, Yeah, and it was tile, and so I was like, oh, this looks kind of nice, it's like white tile, it looked really pretty, Mm -hmm. and then you walked up onto the tile, and there were, like, two rooms, one to the left, one to the right, and so at first, we were like, oh, well, we're going to stay in the rooms, until we opened those rooms <laughs> and very quickly found out that all 13 of us were not going to fit in those rooms. Because there was also no fan in those rooms. Oh, yeah. And it was just like there were two windows, but then we had to kind of mosquito net those up. Yeah. And so then there was just less airflow. So oh my gosh. a very large portion of us, yeah. <laughs> I think it was everyone except for four people, yep. decided to sleep in our tents. And so that was... I think that the tent situation was fine for me. I think that, like, I didn't mind sleeping in my tent. I didn't mm. mind sleeping outside that part, like, being around creatures of the night or little <laughs> bugs or things. Like, that wasn't really my situation. Mine, my jolting situation for me was just the heat. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're from Georgia. Yeah, right. You'd so think like, I'd be used to it. Not. Yeah. <laughs> not like that. It was just the idea. Yeah. And it's and just sleeping the... sleeping and living in it all the time. Exactly. No no break. Yeah. So I think that was the that was the kicker for me at first was just like, okay, there is no let me go get cooled off and come back out to this living situation. That right. was just it. Yep. Um, and at that, mm-hmm. that first night, it was very hot when we arrived yeah. um, because it was just as the sun had set. Mm-hmm. So it hadn't had time to cool off at all. Right. Um, as we went on in the month, we definitely found our ways of like becoming a little bit more comfortable Mm -hmm. we ended up having to move our stuff up front because the back had the back would flood if it rained (laughs) which bali does have a rainy season and we were there for that season so that was a fun time Mm -hmm. um of our tents kind of getting into a little bit of a flooded situation um once we moved up to where the tile was up front in the community center, we found kind of places where the airflow was better. Oh, good. And there was a lot more breeze, and so it would wake up feeling like I was just kind of a normal human and not dripping in sweat. Yeah. So that was better. Yeah. I think I answered all your questions. I don't remember. Yeah, I think so. Maybe finding food. Oh, finding food. Okay, so the, yeah, that was another thing. Um, we were kind of under the impression that we would get to cook for ourselves this past month. Mm-hmm. Um we were told that we would have a stove, which we did have a stove, but we very quickly found out that, like, it's, you can have a stove, but unless you have a place to keep the food, you mm-hmm. can't really make the food. Yeah. Um, which was hard, because then you'd be going every day to buy something, like, for lunch. You'd go buy the things to make something, come back and make it for right. dinner. You'd go out, buy the Ugh. things to make it, and it's just a lot of back and forth, yeah. and it would cost a lot of money. So, in the village we were in, the street that we were on, there were lots of what are called ro- warungs. Um, I don't necessarily know the English trans- translation of the word warung, W-A-R-U-N-G. <laughs> okay. um, but they're kind of like little, almost like little street foodie restaurant oh, things yeah, yeah. where they make it right in front of you and you eat it and it's like right off the side of the road. Yes. Uh, again, no air conditioning. Correct. Okay. Um, <clears throat> there was, however, our favorite place, one of our favorite places on our street, which was the Alpha Mart. Oh, yeah. The Mini Mart. Uh-huh. And it had air conditioning, which was always cranked to high heavens. Mm-hmm. 
and they get they got to know us in there because we were in there every five seconds of the day. Yeah, because it's um, like a convenience store. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so we got a lot of our food there. We a lot of the time we we had a lot of snacky things. Exactly. Um, like I think there were plenty of mornings. Mm-hmm. Sorry, mom and dad, where I had like Oreos for breakfast. <laughs> 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 I was definitely not eating healthy foods, um, but. Obviously, things to keep me going throughout the day. Yeah. Which, by the way, though, they wouldn't really keep you going throughout the day because yeah. you weren't feeding your body like right. good things. You were not fueling it. <laughs> no, you were just filling it up for the time right. being. Right, and then you're hot on top of it. So uh, they'd get to be like yeah. three o'clock, and I'd be like, "Wow, it's time for bed." Oh, just kidding, it's only three. <laughs> um, so that was that was a little challenging, but. Mm-hmm. You know, those first couple, like, days of, like, I don't know this country, I don't know these foods, mm-hmm. I don't know what these, how did you make this, like, mm-hmm. was it just in the back of your house, like, yeah. what is happening, did you make it in a truck, mm-hmm. we don't know, um, there were chickens outside, and then the chickens were gone, and then I had chicken on my plate, and I was really interested, <laughs> and I was like, I know that's how chickens are made, but mine come from a freezer at home, so I'm really interested in what's going on here, Right. Um, <laughs> probably better the way that it was made for me in, Th- in Indonesia, though, because... Mm-hmm. No preservatives. True. Or whatever. Um, But it was, once we kind of got used to like, okay, we had this food at this Warung, and we didn't die, and we're not sick, Mm -hmm. so I guess we're fine. Right. We kept going back, and it was, you know, they had like fried rice, and tahu, which is tofu, and, um, but there was, there wasn't a lot of meat either, so that was another hard thing, and there weren't. There was a fruit stand, which was nice because we could get fruit that, you know, we obviously would take the peel off. Mm-hmm. Um, apples were always a great thing with oh, peanut butter. Yeah. That was awesome treat when you could find that. Yeah. Um, but there was no, like, vegetables, right. um, which was, again, hard. Mm-hmm. I was dreaming some days of just a giant salad with oh, cucumbers and peppers. <laughs> um, but, so that was a little difficult, but we kind yeah. of got in the groove, mm-hmm. so... I always get curious about whenever, on, like, the podcast and stuff, whenever we're describing some of these living conditions and stuff, if people at home are like, uh, that doesn't sound that bad. Right. Or, like, because of the words that you have to use and you're limited by the words and stuff, but, like, whenever you actually step into it and you experience it for a month straight. Yeah. And that's just, that's all you have. Right. Like, there's no other option to get out of it very often. Which is hard. Like an adventure day or something like that. But right. Like, I don't know, because my next question was going to be, like, do you feel like after this first month that you could just get through any month now that happens because of how challenged you guys were at the beginning? Or just to have so many things stripped away so fast, like the AC and the Wi-Fi and options for food and vegetables and meat of good quality and all of these things that, like, we take for granted so often. Oh, yeah. That's a very cliche statement, but it's the truth. And so even that question of, like, do you feel like you can do anything now? Or, like, (laughs) for the rest of the race, do you feel equipped? Like, maybe some people at home are like, but, I mean... Was it it really that bad? Yeah. And I think for... That's a really good, like, point to make because, like, not in a negative way, but, like, you do have, like, some of our team and, like, They've had people from home, like, ask them that question. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you must be at the beach. Like, even some of our own team oh, yeah. looking at, like, what we post or what we're trying mm-hmm. to relay or maybe a certain picture we choose to put on Instagram. Like, oh, wow, I'm so jealous you're at the beach. And I'm like, yeah. I am currently right now at this moment on this wan- random Tuesday at 3 o'clock. Right. But that's not where I'm staying. Because yeah. the beach was about a 30, fi- 30 to 45-minute drive. Mm-hmm. And we had to pay for the grab there. We had to pay for the grab back. It mm-hmm. cost a lot of money. So... We tried to do that on rest days and adventure days, but that was hard. And so I think going into the rest of the race, I can I can have the attitude of, like, I don't think 
mm-hmm. that it could maybe get worse than the way uh-huh. it was. Not to say it was necessarily worse, like terrible. Right. Like we we survived and it's fine and it's you know life happens and you just live your life. Yeah, and great things came from right. it. Right, but like for people back home that might think, like, was it really that bad? Like it was really rough, and I don't even think that like necessarily like being outside like that in and of itself was hard but it wasn't like terrible Mm -hmm. and like you know eating snacks a lot wasn't terrible like don't you love to have oreos for breakfast of course you do but it wasn't like it wasn't terrible but it was just the combination of all of them Mm -hmm. that made it the most challenging yeah so many things at once yes so quickly and like you said after a long travel day yeah and or travel days (laughs) lots of days and showing up to not what was in the plan so like you had no expectations and no way to like prepare yourself yeah and just going from like living your life at home in normal society to bam like right you are out in the open and like yeah and then you're like on top of that you're like you're missing family and you're missing home Mm -hmm. and I know for me like that was really hard for me personally was that first night I mean I cried myself to sleep the first night if I'm just really honest and I think a lot of people think like oh yeah the race is hard and like things are hard sometimes and it's like like, I have no problem saying that, like, there were times in those first couple of days where I was like, what did I do? Like, why did I, cho- why did I say I would do this? Yeah. Because this is not fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took a lot of kind of self-reflection of, like, what, like, what's the reason behind why I have that attitude? Mm-hmm. Of, like, why did I do this? You know? Yeah. Well, of course I know why I did it. Yeah. You know, my, my reason being for doing the race was to know God and make him known. Yeah. And so, like... <laughs> God didn't say, hey, I really want you to do this thing called the World Raise. If you could do that, that'd be great. Right. It's going to be amazing. You're going to have the best time. It's going to be super fun. <laughs> he just said, he just asked me to do it. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like he asked me to do it. And so, for people back home that might say, like, well, that doesn't sound too hard. I think, like, to each his own. And, okay, yeah, you might be home thinking, well, I could survive outside for a month without air conditioning. I'm like, well, yeah, you, you I, I, I did too. I survived. Yeah. You, you would survive too, but it doesn't make right. it any less hard, I don't think. Yeah, because it is an empowering feeling, like you said, and like, but also it doesn't negate the fact that it's challenging yeah. for sure. And haven't we also talked about, like, I don't know, just this idea of sometimes the world race can be painted in this light of being like adventurous all the time and glamorous and all those things and the world race is very aware of that like leadership and stuff and it's things we talk about all the time and we don't want to misrepresent it on social media and whenever you right. do go to the beach yeah you're gonna post a picture also because it's the first time you've had wi-fi in a week or whatever right that's another big thing. Yeah. yeah and people can counteract that and be like well are you on vacation or oh you're at the beach like you're staying right. at the beach and all those things and so i've definitely tried to grow in that way of like how am i showing where we are and telling the stories of the race and all of that <clears> stuff <throat> not that we like necessarily owe it to anybody in a sense also though we have people financially supporting us and they want to know what we're doing in real time but also that we've found out too you are just living regular life day to day like there are some very mundane Mm -hmm. things that you do sometimes of writing out receipts and going to the store to find food for the next meal just simple little things where you're like in a way, I thought that the race was was going to be, like, this, this, and this. and But then I also kind of forgot, like, oh, it's 11 months of my life. So, like, there's Living also life, times yeah. where we're just sitting around and people are <clears throat> eating or, like, stretching and doing chatting. yoga. Like, yeah. Chatting. And that's another thing to toss in there, too. The idea of community 
so abruptly as well <laughs> of, like, 13 girls together <laughs> in their little tents and stuff. Yeah. That's going to push anybody. Like, oh, yeah. Like, push on their limits a little bit of just being around people 24-7. So... There's yeah. so many sides to this of just mm-hmm. what it's like to adjust to the culture of not only the race, but the culture of the country, the ministry that you're doing. And then right as you start to get comfortable with it, you're going to... Bam! You're, gonna you're out of there! Yeah. <laughs> Time for the next country! Exactly. <laughs> Time for the next set of challenges! Right. And I think that's, too, like, also why debrief can be so beneficial, like, this week that we have... Um, at a, a nicer hostel Very and allow nice. people the chance to like shower and things and rest <laughs> and process what happened the last month. But I always also kind of word it and describe it as like closing the chapter, closing the book of month one. Yeah. Settling the things you need to settle with yourself, with your teammates, with God and the Lord and what happened. And then to like have that mental reset and physical reset of entering the next month and just being like, all yeah. right, let's get started. And I'm ready for like a fresh perspective and a fresh month, fresh start the whole thing. But it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. Um, what kind of things would you guys do in your downtime? And maybe also, can you describe <clears throat> ministry with like, of course, without maybe saying the ministry specifically or the church? Because of course, there's like privacy and like. It's a Hindu area, so we want to be careful and stuff, but, like, um, with, like, the ministries that are there. But broadly, those, yeah. those, like, what was ministry like for you guys? So, <clears throat> I think that was a good point to bring up of, like, we obviously want to be respectful of the ministries that are there. And, you know, because we were in a, produ- like, primarily Hindu area, mm-hmm. um, we did have, you know, our host did ask us to be very careful and cautious of, you know, we didn't want to we call them hot words. We didn't want to use hot yeah. words. Um, because that's just, we just want to be, we also just want to be respectful, you know, um, to their culture and what they're, how they're living their lives. Um, <clears throat> so a big part of, you know, when people asking us, you know, well, what are you doing here? Why are you in this village? We just wanted to say, you know, we're learning your culture. We want to know about you guys. We want to know what your culture is like. We want to know what your life is like. Um, so a large part of our quote-unquote ministry for the month was um every day like two to four we just got to hang out with the kids in the village um it was kind of like a (laughs) 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 it was (laughs) it was supposed to be it wasn't two to four it was four to six and it wasn't supposed to be it was supposed to be four to six but a lot of times they'd show up at like you know noon or one (laughs) or five in the morning (laughs) and just be waiting for us to wake up Uh because again it was a community center and I think that that was really hard for my my western cultured mind to like I want my privacy like mm-hmm. give me my space like I'm I'm sleeping like why are you in my space yeah. but then kind of having that realization of like they're not in my space I'm in their space <laughs> because this is their village and their community center right um but I it was a lot of fun we got to spend a lot of time with the kids and get to know them and like play with them we would sing songs that we would do hand motions to the songs we would um kind of have an exchange of like um, so it was Bahasa, Balinese, and Indonesian. Those were the languages. Mm-hmm. And so they would teach us, and we would teach them, um, which was really fun. I actually had a, one of the little boys. Um, he was very determined to get me to know my numbers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he was, like, very intensely, like, you know, obviously I didn't understand a lot of the things he was saying to me. But he was just, by the way he was acting when I was trying to say my numbers in his language, he was just like, yeah, yeah, come on, come on. You know, obviously not saying come on because he doesn't speak my language. But, um, 
that was a lot of fun and a lot of connections were built from that within like building that connection with the child and then it was funny because very slowly and very surely like more and more parents would come with their kids oh my gosh um and we would get to know their parents and their families and like some of our team actually would get invited to go back to their homes wow and like the kids would be like come over for dinner and like we i had a experience like that with two of our um <clears throat> two of our team members uh one was courtney and the other was rachel and one of the girls came in one night this was a little different than just the ministry from four to six but um they, because it's the community center, they had um, Balinese traditional dance practice. Oh, yeah. All the little girls in the village. And it was so cute to watch them do their traditional dancing. And it was just so, like, cool to see mm-hmm. such a traditional form of dance yeah. um, to that culture, for that culture. And she got to talking with Rachel one night and, and ended up inviting us ho- over to her home just to mm-hmm. hang out. And they brought, they're just such a hospitable people. Yeah. Like, Balinese people are so excuse me, hospitable and so kind. Mm-hmm. And within our first couple of days there, I think yeah. within our first three nights, mm-hmm. we actually had a family um, right off the side of our, right off the side of our street that just was, we were walking by and we asked like, have you guys had dinner yet? Like our host asked them like, have you guys eaten yet? And she was like, no. And we were trying to find a place that was selling food. Mm. And he was like, have you guys already put away the things you sell for dinner? And she was like, yeah. But she was like, come into our home. We're going to make you all dinner. Oh my God. All 13 of us. And so... Oh. That was just really cool, but that was kind of, I think that was, was that all of your question? Was it just uh, the yeah. ministry, or what was the other part? Uh, like? The next part was going to be, like, how you guys would spend your downtime. Oh, because how we spend the ministry time. was so, like, scattered yeah. and stuff, so you'd have, like, little pockets of free time here, or yeah, scrub your clothes in the buckets. <laughs> <laughs> that was, a, yeah, that was something that did, did happen a lot during free time was, um, I mean, we did have a lot of downtime, a day-to-day kind of day for us over the last month kind of looked like in the morning we would get up around... Like nine, um, or sometime between eight and ten, is when we'd get up, and it would depend on the day. And we would get up, and some days our host would come, and he, him by himself, or him and his wife, and we would do. He called it ATL, but I know the World Race kind of has a different take on ATL. So oh, yeah. we at the World Race we do ATL is ask the Lord, and mm-hmm. it's kind of just asking the Lord, kind of what He has for you that day, and like how He wants you to spend your ministry day, and how He wants you to spend your dime, and. Mm-hmm. Um, for our host, it was, he called it ATL, but it was kind of like asking the Lord in the form of like a Bible study. Mm. Um, and so we got to go through some of Acts with him, um, and we would <clears throat> talk about, he would always do this motion, which is hard to explain on a podcast, oh, but yeah, he yeah. would always tell us, he'd point up to the sky and he'd say, we we're going to ask God, mm-hmm. we'd read the Bible, and then we would say, what do we learn about God mm-hmm. with our arms up? And then we would cross our arms over our chest and say, what do we learn about us or what do we learn about people? Mm-hmm. And then we would extend our arms out and say, what do, how do we apply that? Yeah. Um, and so that was a really cool way to go through Acts and, like, get to talk that out for probably about an hour and a half, two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, then we would have lunch. A lot of times our host would like to take us to lots of Balinese oh places. And we'd ask him... Like, what's your favorite food? And he'd say, oh, 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 Western food, Western food. And I was like, well, we like Western food, too. We don't love Balinese food all the time, but... It's interesting then that you say that because we're eating a lot of rice and things. <laughs> we're eating a lot of things that are not Western. But um, after lunch, we would... A lot of... Uh, some of our downtime would consist of... Um, some people would, you know, watch a watch a movie or just kind of rest. Some people would read their Bibles and journal. Mm-hmm. Um, some people would do worship. They um, yeah. got super talented worship people like Fifina, Angelica. Like some of our team is so talented with their yeah. worship. 
um, Fifina had this travel guitar she'd bring <laughs> out and just strum along and um, some of us would just take longer lunches and mm-hmm. just kind of hang out with one another yeah um, going and washing clothes in our buckets <laughs> yeah <laughs> near our squatty potties with our little weird spigot that was our shower which was Gosh. actually it was kind of nice that we mm-hmm. didn't have to take a bucket shower we could actually use a spigot because right, then you wouldn't have to yeah which was nice um yeah. and then some of our team just after the first couple of like probably after the first week once we got to know more of the people in the village better yeah. they would be able to like go to their house for lunch and like mm-hmm. hang out with their family and yeah. uh, which was really cool that they got that opportunity some of them to do that so that's yeah. kind of how we spent our downtime and then four mm-hmm. to six the kiddos would come and yeah. after that we'd have dinner and just more community mm-hmm. time with each other mm-hmm. so and sometimes in the evenings right like a congregation oh, yeah. would show up oh like, yeah a whole group of like 50 men <laughs> oh yeah talking in another language discussing the things of whatever they're part of yeah yeah we came back from our dinner times a lot where the community center would be being used and um sometimes we'd have notice of that and we'd know in advance that it'd be a little bit of a late night while we wait for them to finish their meeting before we could go to bed and other times we would not know until we showed up and there would be lots and lots of people where our our tents and our beds were right and so yeah that was a that was an interesting time too yeah one time the meeting was going so long because again we were only with you guys for like a week and a half right like me and my other squad leader so like you had a whole month of this kind of stuff, but we just got like a a nice, fun, a pretty decent look into that life for however many days. But like, I remember that men's group specifically, and it was just going on for a while. And we're sitting there at this table off to the side, and they didn't care that we were sitting there. Very respectful people, like you said. Oh, like, yeah. It's not weird to be like, oh, and there was a group of 50 men, and they were right. sitting around. Like, it wasn't anything weird. Like, don't don't have this image in your mind of something, like, funny going on. But, like, very respectful culture, love and oh, harmony yeah. and all the things. So everybody felt totally safe, despite the lack of privacy and the lack of boundaries from the community and stuff. Like, it wasn't, yeah. nothing safety-wise was compromised oh, or yeah, anything no. like that. Um, no, so, they yeah, would just, just have their, that, but. and that's where they, that was where the divide of the community center kind of came in handy a little bit. Cause there was that up front where the tile was. And then there was like oh, the yeah. back half where mm-hmm. there was just concrete, yeah. um, where the flooding would happen <laughs> if we were right. staying there when it was raining. So uh-huh. we would just usually, you know, sit back there, hang out as a team or as a, as two teams, I guess. And mm-hmm. Like, some people might play card games or talk or lay on the ground and sleep <laughs> while we yeah. wait for the meeting up front to finish. Yeah. And there was one time where it was, like, a women's meeting, and they actually let some of us girls, like, sit on sit in on the meeting, and it was oh, really yeah. cool to get to watch that. And mm-hmm. Balinese dance practice mm-hmm. and ping-pong tournaments. Get and to know more leaders of the community oh, and yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. Some of cool. the tribal leaders. It was yeah. really cool. <laughs> and I also remember with that guy's group, like, just becoming bored and sitting at this table and waiting for it to get done so I could start showering and stuff like that. Um, but I, like, um, I was trying to picture, like, my commentary for the oh, men's yeah. group. And because it's all of these men sitting, like, basically in a big circle, and, like, two men, like, leading the discussion. I'm like, what kind of meeting is this? Like, what are they talking about? <laughs> and so then, like, my mind went to another place of, like, I don't know, almost like a PTA style kind of meeting or like a <laughs> yeah. bowling club or something. And, yeah. like, and uh, it's Robert's birthday this Thursday, so be sure to sign the card on the back table <laughs> before you leave. And uh, we need somebody to offer to uh, bake us a ham for the Christmas party uh, yeah. coming up next month. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, whatever. Like, what are they saying? Because you didn't know. you like, what's happening in this meeting? Uh-huh. And- it kind of looks so serious, but also there's like a bunch of dudes off to the side just like smoking their cigarettes and like, like it's also casual. Out. 
very funny. I don't know. Um, without dipping into too much of financial things, I would just love if you had the chance to give your perspective on what it's been like to be a treasurer. Uh, I, too, yes. started my race as a treasurer. And so if people have been listening, like, to my race experience, like, it definitely adds a new element to your team dynamic oh, and yeah, to your world race experience. So let us in on some of that for a bit, would you? Oh, I would love to. It would be my pleasure. <laughs> um, so... Treasure was hard for me. It is hard for me. Um, I am someone that numbers are hard for me. They yeah. just are. And so when I when they asked me at training camp to be a treasurer, you know, there's the moment of, like, you have to agree. And you have to say yes. Yeah. You have to commit to that. Um, and so there was that moment of, like, do I commit to this or mm. do I just say no? And then I was <laughs> like, you know, if I didn't ask for this, Right. And there are so many people following the Holy Spirit that are asking me to step into this. Yeah. I can't argue with it. And I can't right. I can't try to You can't be that guy that's right. like, that's no like nah, I think I'm good. So <laughs> I chose to say yes to something that was challenging for me mm-hmm. because I wanted to grow in that. I wanted to grow in a position that is challenging. Mm-hmm. Um and it, it has been very challenging. Yeah. Um there's lots of times where you like things come up that you don't think of of like you know, um, like, okay, everyone gets this much money per day per person, mm-hmm. and it's my job to distribute that. And I'm like, all right, let me just, oh, wait, I need to take a grab to the ATM because <laughs> it's down the street 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I have to get the money out. I have to count the money out. Mm-hmm. Then the problem is is I only got money out in a certain amount. And so then it's right. like... Like not exact change. Right, not exact change. So it's like if, if I needed it, for example in usd mm-hmm. like let's say everyone got twenty dollars mm-hmm. well i was only given 50s <laughs> i can't just go to the the store next door and be like hi instead of uh, 50s can i get 20 you know right. like there was no so yeah. you had to get creative about how to uh, you guys pair up and people then splitting give me bills back five dollars and, yeah <laughs> it was just that was overwhelming and yeah. then everybody's also just like looking at you like i'm hungry right food yes money. and yeah. it's just and my team was my team has been so gracious and patient with Mm me um just with like understanding that it's it come it's a hard role um and you are like looked at a lot for like providing people with what they need yeah um which is just a that's a really big responsibility sometimes and then you know if things go awry and figuring that out with (laughs) cards having holds placed on them and getting that taken care of with the bank and all the things and Mm -hmm. having to have wi-fi so we can do that and um but it it was it was a challenging month but i think at the end of it i finally got the hang of it yeah so i'm looking forward to the differences in yeah malaysia when we're Mm -hmm. when we're here and there is something to say about foreign currency and just the mental adjust that you have to make of like wait, how much is this in USD? And, like, of course, we have, like, a converter app on our phones and stuff like that, but still, just, like, in the moment, you're trying to juggle all these numbers in your head and whatnot, and I just remember thinking, too, especially after being treasurer for a few months, but, of course, after, like, the length of my race, thinking, like, I feel like I could be (laughs) dropped into any country on the planet and find a way to make it you know, and yeah. like handle the money, talk to the locals, even if there's a language barrier, and yeah. just figure out how to maneuver my way through a place and yeah. to like adjust and stuff. And so that's obviously not only a challenge, but of course, good things come from challenge, but it's very empowering. 
Um, yeah, and that currency is no joke. Like, uh, <laughs> like going from a place where it's like, okay, this currency makes sense because I literally lived in this currency my whole life. Right. Or with this currency. And then going to a country where it's like, okay, one U.S. dollar is 13,000 rupiah. Can and I'm like... talk about that Thousand? Like, I'd be like, here's 500,000 rupiah uh-huh. for my food yes. tonight for dinner exactly. and i'm like five hundred thousand. my brain's like comprehending that and it's like <laughs> you look it up on your currency and it's like oh it's only like you know a couple bucks but it's like whoa that's a lot yeah so that was yeah that was a that was a different thing hmm i feel like yeah there's so many things that we could talk about with some of these physical circumstances in but like i guess in the time remaining like now that you're at debrief and stuff and you've had a chance to not only talk to your team mm. about how the month went, talk to us on leadership, share stories with the other teams and compare things and everything. Yeah. Um, I just said the word thing like five times, but I liked it. Um, <laughs> do you feel like it's, um, I don't know, it's relatable the sentiment of, I'm not sure if I saw much fruit this month or like, I don't really know how big of an impact we made. Um, and just wrestling with that personally, like, do you, do you see that? Is it, I don't know. How do you kind of approach that idea of like, you only have one month at a place and you're doing all sorts of things and, um, it's kind of hectic and the schedule isn't always the same every day. There is a language barrier. There's also limits to how much you can do between like Hinduism and Islam and all this stuff. And if the country is not the most (coughs) open or yeah, just what kind of impact you're making and that's really I mean that's a hard it's a hard um I guess reality to Mm -hmm. I don't like to say it's a hard reality to face because it seems very like cliche to say but it's kind of like a hard reality to face that there are going to be a lot of times that I'm learning that I might not see the fruits of the things that I get to do Mm -hmm. um I might not see the fruits of getting to share Jesus with our grab driver that one time, that one time that we went to McDonald's, like, or, you know, getting to sing worship songs or like Jesus loves me with some of the little kids in that village who've never Mm -hmm. maybe even heard of Jesus before. Mm -hmm. Um, and I might not get to see the fruits of that. And I think this month was kind of leaving kind of felt like it happened really fast. It's like one minute we were like, yeah, vibing, routine, this is great. And then all of a sudden it's like, we're on a bus and we're leaving and we're going to Malaysia, blah, blah, blah. And it's like (laughs) leaving. And I was like, I'm sorry, what just happened? I feel like I was just ripped away from something again. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, that's my life for the next year. Um, (laughs) And so it was like, it is hard. And like you do get these beautiful moments where you do get to see the light bulbs go off and you do get to... You can see some breakthrough. Yeah, the Lord just like allows you to be part of those moments. Right. But a lot of the time, I think the biggest thing to consistently remember, like, for me and as a team and as a squad is just, like, our job is not to save anyone. Our yeah. job is not to, I hate the word, but, like, convert anyone. Like, that's not a right. job that we're having. That's not, that's not our, that's not our mission. That's not our goal. That's not our role. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mission, goal, and role. <laughs> um, but our job is to plant a seed mm-hmm. and like, yeah, we might not get to see the oak tree that comes from it or mm-hmm. we might get, we might not get to see the rose bush that comes from it, but like we're planting the seed mm-hmm. and we're all in all just being kind to these people yeah. and building relationships. Being regular humans to yeah. them. Yeah. And like getting to show them that like, you know, so often, I don't know if anyone else, I don't know who, you know, who listens or whatever to this, but like, you might have had times, even in the States or at home where living day to day, you have people who may might not follow Jesus or who might not know who Jesus is asking, like, 
like something's different about you. Like, why are you so nice all the time? Or mm-hmm. why are you so happy? Or why are you so like, why do you like seem like you're fine all the time? Like, yeah. you know, and I've had people ask me that before. And, um, like, I think that that's something that we're just kind of, we're doing that, but we're just doing it in other places, mm-hmm. in places where there's just not a lot of access mm-hmm. to like Jesus and to his word, um, like we have in the States, you mm-hmm. know, that's just, you walk down the street and there are lots of churches on lots of streets in <laughs> America and right. that's not the case in mm-hmm. places like Bali. Right. Um, so I think that that was, a, it was a hard reality to face, like I said, sure. of like, okay, do I really feel like I made a big impact here? Mm-hmm. And it was also a kind of a little bit of a wake up call of like, okay, like, I now see how quickly this time goes. Yeah. And so I don't need to waste any time. Like, there is no time to waste. And that's not to say, like, okay, we're on the ground in Malaysia. Yeah. Time to go, like, make followers of Jesus. <laughs> Ready, set, go. But it's, like, it's to say, like, don't waste the time. Mm-hmm. There were some days where I was, like, I was so focused on my circumstance and, like, the fact that I was uncomfortable that I was, like, I'm just going to lay in here and I'm going to watch, you know, a show on Netflix because I don't even want to think about it. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, those times are fine to have restful times, but it's like, you look at those times and you're like, okay, there are so many things I could have chosen to do with that time because of how fast the time goes. Right. You know? Yeah. No, I think that's a great way to look at it. An urgency, but not having an agenda. Yeah. And finding time and space to relax and take care of yourself while also remembering that like why you're here, why you decided to do this for sure. And I, we talked about it in one of the team's debriefs and my co-leader, Ashley, she, said something really cool of like maybe you're not seeing the physical fruit of what you're doing all the time but also how do we define fruit right Keith and Karen our coaches they brought that up too like how are we defining or measuring this quote-unquote fruit of Mm -hmm. the labor that we're doing but Ashley also specifically said like what about the fruits of the spirit in your own life or in their life like are you increasing in joy and peace and understanding all the all that stuff like are you seeing the fruits of the spirit? I don't know. That's and really I thought good. that was a cool way to look at it. Yeah. Just definitely asking myself, how am I measuring success this month? What does mm. it mean to like see the fruit of what I'm doing? That could look like a lot of different things. I think yeah. also Keith, um, our coach, he said, picture you sometimes can have that, like that narrow view of like, it is me in this place. I feel like I only connected with like three individuals all month on any sort of substantial level. Right. But zoom out a bit and see your team and how many people you guys connected with and what you did. Zoom out even more on the whole squad of like all 30 of yeah. us out in Indonesia doing things. Like, yeah. and then picture all the missionaries everywhere. Like, yeah. really. <laughs> Like, not just focusing on yourself and the work that you're doing, but the bigger picture and, like, that grand story that God's weaving. And that just reassures me so much. It takes some of that pressure off. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Is there anything else that you'd like to add or, like, say, speak to of your ministry your first month and now that you're, like... Um, on the other side of debrief as we're about to head to our ministry placements next month. I will be with your team as we hey. start out too, which is cool. The Morgans. <laughs> taking off Morgans in Malaysia. Ooh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll get jackets. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'd wear it all the time, even if I'm hot. Um, I have like one serious thing and one funny thing. Yeah. So like one serious thing probably that I'd like to say is just that like to anyone listening back home or to anyone listening wherever you are um just going back to that 
aspect of like it's a vacation or it's a da 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 or like all those things like it's one of it's it's you know it's an opinion and like if you want to have that that's okay and you know it might be a little painful to hear mm-hmm. but it's not it's not a vacation um it's not um but at the same time like how cool is it that Jesus is allowing us right to like do these things with these people and like get to know them in places that we've never been able to experience Mm -hmm. you know that's a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. and i think that encouraging one another and that is so important um and my other really funny thing that's really random and weird is just if you ever go anywhere in southeast asia just don't try durian because it's disgusting (laughs) i've tried it it's gross it's not worth it sorry to anyone out there who loves it (sighs) i wish i were you so because there there's even in like airports and bus stations and stuff like that They'll have signs that show a picture of durian fruit with an X over it. Of like, don't bring it in here. It, it smells, smells so bad. It smells so bad. And everyone knows that. Even people who like it, they're like, oh, it's the worst smell. It's terrible. It's just, I'm, I'm being honest. Uh-huh. So. But all the people love it. A lot of the locals and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I have not tried it. Just as don't a disclaimer. Don't try it. I know, I'm really wrestling with it, because I'm like... I kind of want to make you try I'm it. in Southeast Asia. Shouldn't I try durian? You probably should. I'll it's make you try like it. It's such like a joke. Yeah, Maybe well. we'll start you small with a popsicle or something. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, okay, so we've hit 46 minutes. The only thing I really wanted to add here at the end, because on the one that Melissa and I just recorded, <clears throat> I explicitly said... I have nothing really to say about politics or history right now. Also because it was uh, it was a pretty substantial episode. It was kind of longer. And, I don't know, getting back out on the field kind of threw me for a loop for a second of trying <laughs> to catch up with things back at home. But I have been paying attention. And the primary <laughs> election is in full swing. Um, some stuff has gone down with impeachment and all the things. <laughs> and I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're not an alien to the world, and especially to the U.S., even other countries pay attention to what's going on in America. So I'm sure if you're not living under a rock, like you understand what's happening for the most part. And maybe that's about the most understanding I have of current events going on right now too. But just for clarity's sake, and if you'd like to kind of hear a rundown of some of the things that I have been keeping up with since being out on the field, um, there's a lot. So I try (laughs) to prioritize it. And I only have a few things written down. And then I've got something fun, a little quick story about Abraham Lincoln, because I'm reading a photobiography about him. Morgan, what's a photobiography? Well, it's basically a regular biography book, except it's not like an 800-page hardback book about Abraham Lincoln, and it sounds like a textbook or something. It's actually got very large print, and it's not very big at all. Um, I feel like it could pass for a children's book, but it's not. (laughs) But it's also made up of mostly photos of him, which is so cool. Like, photos of him, photos of stuff that they did, the Civil War, all the things. And I think it just gives a really cool visual of that time period. But anyways, happening right now in the U.S. Um, (laughs) For a while there, there was a bunch of stuff going on with Iran, which I can't remember if we talked about that in the last podcast. I don't know, but two countries that have been on rocky terms for a while, the U.S. and Iran, um, all the escalation that was happening, it seems like it settled down quite a bit um, after they made the mistake of shooting down a commercial airline, like 
shooting down a flight. Oof. There was just so much tension that had escalated. And I think that that tragedy helped force everyone to sort of blink and be like, whoa, okay, we need to settle down because innocent people are now in jeopardy. But there's still so much work that needs to be done to help ease the relationship between the U.S. and Iran. Um, I have not done too much research too extensively on where things are at right now, but it's definitely not the major news story currently anymore, where for a while, I think people were like, what's about to happen? (laughs) I feel like we're getting into some sticky territory. Um, Impeachment trial has been rolling out. The Senate voted on whether or not to bring in witnesses, and then the majority vote was no. So at that point, it became a pretty quick wrap-up, and then they voted on whether or not to remove him from office. You need a two-thirds majority, not just a simple majority. They did not get the votes. Um, The majority vote was to keep him in office. So um, an argument that could be made now from the side that was trying to remove him from office, like for the most part Democrats, of course, um, is that the trial is not, it was not executed fairly because of the fact that they voted to not bring in witnesses. So it's like, well, if you're not bringing in witnesses, then this whole trial was a sham, basically. So you'll always have people that kind of speak to that and say, you know, we need to re like, this doesn't matter. The verdict that we reached was done in vain. Like, you'll always have the people that say that, and then you'll also always have the people that's like, acquitted for life, and yeah. da da And, like, he is <laughs> impeached, which will be, that marks his presidency forever. Also, he was acquitted, and so he gets to stay in office mm-hmm. during an election year. I just cannot believe that this is all happening right on this turning point of, well, let the voters decide and see what happens anyways. Like, for him to be impeached during an election year, that's just, that hasn't happened before. So, in regards to all of that as well, we had the Iowa caucus and we had the New Hampshire primary as of yesterday. The Iowa caucus, it's the first state to vote in the primaries. Mm. Um, In recent years, it's been a big deal because it's not just like you walk in and you go vote and then you leave. It's like, we're going to stay here all day and debate ideas with each other and try to convince each other to vote for our candidate. What a treat. Uh Uh-huh. It's very cool. I think it's a really fun concept, but in a way, Iowa has sort of lost its sparkle. Um, But also, like, because it doesn't represent, it's not a good representation of the population of America. It's like 90% white and stuff. And so although candidates spend a lot of time on the ground in Iowa, and so it kind of tests them of like, what are your limits financially, like fundraising wise? And like, what are your limits with connecting with voters? Iowa has taken a lot of pride in helping vet the candidates for the rest of the country. But with that, there's flaws in the system and all of the things. And, um, Something happened technologically where the votes weren't submitted and it took forever to get the results and all these things. But after all of that, Pete Buttigieg ended up on top by, I don't even know if it was a whole percentage point. Um, Bernie Sanders technically got the most votes, kind of like the difference between the electoral vote and the popular vote. Um, But Pete Buttigieg... um, Did they also get the same amount of delegates? Anyways, the big surprise for some people was that Joe Biden ended up in, like, fourth place. And quickly, the conversation turned to, well, he's finished. Like, he doesn't even have a chance anymore. And that really surprised me because three weeks ago, I don't think people would have been saying that. And the fact that Pete Buttigieg kind of stole the limelight in Iowa. And then they had another debate 
things really turned up because you had a state that already voted, and so the candidates really went after each other. And then we just had the New Hampshire primary. Bernie Sanders, no surprise, um, took that one. And then Andrew Yang officially dropped out of the race. Dang. That surprised me as well. I thought maybe he would hold on a little longer because politically, he's not staking a lot in the election. Like, he can try it. He has his own money. He has his own life and profession outside of politics and running for president. So I just kind of assumed he would stick in, just be like, well, why the heck not? Because like, if I lose and stay in here longer than most people, it's not as embarrassing for me as it is for like Elizabeth Warren or somebody who's going to have to face re-election later. I can like risk it all on this and then go back to what I was doing before. But he did officially drop, which now makes the field even less diverse than it was before. So the questions in my mind are this momentum that Pete Buttigieg is experiencing because early on, if you're winning some of these early states, you just kind of, you start getting pushed in with the wind. Like, you know, you just start picking up speed a little bit. People start to pay attention to your name a little bit more. Um, What kind of threat does Bernie Sanders um, have towards the rest of the candidates Um, and with all the name recognition that he carries with his um, following that he gained in the 2016 election. What kind of force is he to be reckoned with? What chance does Pete Buttigieg have at this point? Um, does Joe Biden even try anymore? And this is so surprising to me, but, and then also we have to remember how hard it is to be a sitting president, but also he's impeached. But also the economy is really good. Mm. Um, So we can get all caught up on the Democratic side of the candidates and everything and what's going on over there. But truly, sometimes we estimate, we underestimate the power of a sitting president and just what that can do um, during an election. And the primary systems are kind of weird. There's a couple political analysts that I follow and really respect their opinion. And one of them specifically, he is like, I just wish we didn't have the primaries because of this show that it causes like putting on a show and the drama and the the game of it all and um he thinks that's really unhealthy for our country and so I think that's a super interesting opinion to have and something I've been thinking about a little bit more recently as the primaries roll out um my little story about Abraham Lincoln (laughs) he did not always have a beard and he was actually our first bearded president ever which also only the 16th president, of course. But what's fun is that the beard originated from this idea, a letter from a little girl. As he was running for president, um, a little girl wrote to him and said, basically, you do not look as good as you could. Um, You're kind of an awkward looking man. I think it would help you if you grew out facial hair and he did and slowly grew out a beard so as like the election was picking up speed and stuff and then like yes he ended up getting elected was it because of his beard we'll never know we will never know (laughs) the world may never know (laughs) i think that's so fun though to picture him like reading this letter and be like hmm maybe i will grow a beard (laughs) what was his wife's name mary todd lincoln Mary, what do you think about me growing uh, a beard? Right. Because <laughs> uh, he was such... I just... Man, reading this book has been so sweet. I wish that we had film footage of him or something. But, yeah, I like that story. I think it's sweet. And just learning more truths about Abraham Lincoln's heart for um, 
just like to try to get rid of slavery that people have mm. always asked the question was it really a moral issue was it political in a way it was both yeah but based on his past experience in life and working on a boat on the mississippi river seeing real life effects of slavery down south like it shaped him as a person and what's cool too is that he did not reach the culmination of his career until he was like pretty far into his life like by the time he was like in his 20s and 30s he did not have it all figured out and if you would have known him back then (laughs) you know you would have been like this guy's gonna like save the union one day like he's gonna keep the country together no way because he was like working at a merchant shop for a while he was a lawyer for a long time he tried his hand in politics as a senator and then like lost re-election went back to being a lawyer and then ended up just kind of getting some recognition and ran for president and did all the things. And so much happened that it's like, it gives me hope as a pretty recent grad and like currently being a missionary, not truly understanding what I'm going to be doing in the future to be like, <laughs> maybe I'll spend the next 20 years doing a bunch of stuff that is related to my passions and what I want to do. But like, maybe I won't hit, not that there's necessarily this one life's purpose that you have and it's like that day in the year 2067 or whatever like I do that thing oh my gosh how old would I be by that point that was really extreme but anyways um but it just like gives me hope of like there is time to let the story unfold and to do whatever I need to do and like I don't need to put all this pressure on these early years and I can develop as a person yeah and professionally and-, and then you know soon enough it'll be Mm-hmm. Morgan White for president, 2040. Sure. 2040. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. Probably like 2030. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, don't don't get your hopes up. But, uh, <laughs> okay. That's all for now, I suppose. Hey, how can people follow your story? What's your blog site? Oh, yeah. So, uh, my story is, it, yeah, it's just my blog. So, it's dot. Morgan Gillespie, G I L E S P I E, dot the world raise dot org. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have an Instagram. Yep, throw it out please, there. Please, please go ahead and follow me. That'll be where a lot of my things go. Uh-huh. Um, that is Morg, M O R G, uh-huh. underscore the name, not the place. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, LOL. It takes everyone Morgan. a second, and then they think about it. I had someone at work uh-huh. who one time was like, my boss called me Morg, and she goes, Gosh. I am never calling her Morg, because that makes me think of a place where you put dead people. <laughs> and so I said, okay, You're my Instagram wrong, is ma'am. Morg, the name, not the place. Oh, so, anyways. Just for clarification, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, follow her on her Instagram and see uh, photos and stuff from her time on the race. Read her blogs. And, uh, yeah, we'll have this podcast for you to listen to as well. And uh, at this point, you've already listened to it, I guess, so... Probably, yeah. This I mean, I could been... say that. Right. What? <laughs> Out is... my mouth and into my ears. Right. <laughs> um, in the meantime, we will we will keep being Morgan. Oh, yes. And um, keep being Singular. Racers. Singular. We are We're Morgan. We are Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. Thank you for sticking around for almost an hour. Uh, okay, bye. (laughs) Bye!